Welcome to the Pearl House podcast, where we share your stories about the Pearl House and the impact that the Pearl House is making in your life and in the lives of others. Today, we have the better half of the Bullard marriage, Steve Bullard. Just kidding. Steve paid me to say that. Actually, it's it is me. It is me. The better half of the better half of not the marriage, the driving. Yeah, that's it. I'm a better driver. You cook. Okay. We'll give it that. You okay. Better chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, she makes good ones. She just passed the I've just never you know, had them. I know. She made some good ones back in the day. So if you're confused and think this is Courtney Bullard with a cold, it's not. This is her husband, Steve Bullard. I think I do have a cold though. I sneezed a lot on the way over. That's gross. I yeah, know. Allergies. Is it? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are joined with Tiffany Wise, aka Tiffany, aka Teacher Tiff. How are you doing today, Teacher Tiff? Doing great. I don't have allergies right now, so she air quoted that. By the <laughs> she way, did. You, you can't and see she that. also scooted away from Steve. So. Yeah. I'm now They're on, no longer sharing a microphone. <laughs> I went from the better half to having my own half of the room. Well, we hope that you all had a good Independence Day. And fun fact, Ghana's Independence Day is March 6th, since this is a Pearl House podcast. thought everyone should know that. Do they celebrate the 6th of a March? Yes. Okay. And they march. That's what they do. They do with their arms An up. actual and- marching. Yes. So my dogs would probably like it a lot if we switched to that instead of fireworks. Are your dogs scared of fireworks? Yeah, they hate them. Hate them. Mm. Steve, how do your bougie dogs feel about? Have you ever been around your dogs? Well, we, we, we leave them. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine they bark a lot. Any any external noises they bark at. They bark when leaves move on the porch. So. That's true. If Something's I breathe too loudly, your dogs bark. <laughs> if it's happening out of doors, they're barking at it. Especially if they're in of doors. You look at them wrong. <laughs> they're yappers. They are. All right. So Tiff is joining us with a story. She brought us lunch, which I really appreciate. Um, Steve, you missed the lunch. Sorry. And so really glad that you came on as a guest because I got to eat lunch. Thanks. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you and let you share your story. So it's around, not really necessarily like a specific story but um last summer i was able to go to ghana specifically for the purpose of observing at the academy the pearl house academy and so of course i got to spend time with the girls at the pearl house and see courtney garland and hang out with everybody but my main purpose of going was um for those of you who don't know i'm a teacher (laughs) aka teacher too I went to Ghana last summer for the specific purpose of observing at the school Um, just because the Pearl House Academy is kind of a new model of school um, and just making sure that if there were any like suggestions for things that teachers could be doing to manage classes better um, because it grew really, really quickly, um, things that they could be doing curriculum wise or just things like that. And so I just got to go and kind of be a fly on the wall in a lot of the classrooms. And it was a really cool experience for one, but two, um, it really gave me a lot of insight into 
education on more of a worldwide scale and what its purpose is, not just in Ghana and not just in the United States, but kind of on a a bigger scale. The Perlis Academy definitely just, I mean, it exploded. And we went from our original 20 pearls going there to we now have 441 students. And so they definitely, you know, it's not even that they needed to learn how to be teachers. Like they knew how to do that. But to go from six students in your class to a full classroom of 30 was definitely an adjustment for them. Yeah. And um, not only, you know, the huge growth, but the kind of varying places that the students all come from. I think the Pearl House kind of creates a unique situation in that the Pearls aren't all from that area where the Pearl House is. And so they're having to learn how to teach kids who don't all know the same language and don't all have the same level of education starting out. And so um, just kind of figuring all of that out and how to differentiate for those students, but also how to just make sure all their students are where they need to be for the next school year. And then navigating COVID on top of that was just probably crazy for them. And so <laughs> as it was for all of us, I'm sure. Right. But but yeah, so um, some of the similarities that I noticed between here and um, the Pearl House Academy specifically is that kids are still kids. Like they're still um, behavior issues. There's still kids who are silly and there's still kids who really are excited to learn and who are behaving the way that they probably should in a classroom. Um, I think sometimes people get the idea that behavior problems are only a problem in America, but it's really not like that, that kids still are just kids. And they, they tend to struggle with a lot of the same things that you would see kids struggle with here. And so that was kind of interesting to me to see as a teacher and as a person. <laughs> and then the teachers are still teachers. Like they were teaching things the same way I would see a teacher in, you know, an elementary classroom in America teach. And so. Do you see a lot of different teaching styles there? In America, there's a lot of different teaching styles. A lot of times in other countries, they're a little more rigid about mm-hmm. this is the one way you're supposed to do things. Did you see some variance in that? Yeah, I did for sure. There were some things that were different from uh, here that I would see consistently in each classroom. Like every single classroom, they would start every lesson by taking notes. So like the teacher would have notes up on the board and all the kids would take notes in their notebooks. And I think part of that is that they just don't have like workbooks ready made like we do. And so the kids have to write down all their lessons first. But then it was also interesting, like some teachers would use a lot of um, like active things. So like if they notice their kids getting kind of squirrely, they would, you know, sing a song or have them get up and stretch or, you know, do things like that. And so that was very much like based on the style of the teacher. Um, Some teachers were more soft spoken and quiet and still had good control of their classroom. Some teachers were just like all over the place, really engaging teachers, um, but still had good control of their classroom. And so, yeah, it was definitely cool to see. And I think part of that is the empowerment of the Pearl House Academy, too, that they give them the ability to um, be their own person and lead their classroom the way that fits their style the best, if that makes sense. I thought that was kind of interesting, too. One of the biggest differences at the school that um, 
is a, a Ghana wide thing. And I think it's probably more common throughout the world than we realize is that they don't really do like social promotion or um, age based grading where like you're six year old. So you're in kindergarten or first grade, you're 14. So you're in seventh grade. Like they, they don't really do classes that way. And so um, you kind of take like an entrance test and then they place you based on how you do on that test in your class. So you could be a first grade teacher with six-year-olds and then you have a few 14-year-olds thrown in or you have a 12-year-old or, you know, and it just all kind of depends on when they start school because not everybody starts at the same time. I remember that being a very humbling experience for some of our original girls that were 16 and got put back in kindergarten and they had to work very hard to skip some grades and be promoted and um, not be always the oldest in their Mm -hmm. class. Yeah. And I could see how that would be difficult. I don't think it's something that we could implement here because we have had the system we've had for so long. But I also see how, um, you know, if a 14 year old has not been in school their whole lives, for them to jump right in in seventh grade would be really, really difficult. And they would always probably be behind where this gives them the opportunity to really get those core foundational skills in before they move on to higher grades. Do you feel like you're able to be helpful? I mean, I know you're there to observe a lot, mm-hmm. but did teachers, were there questions you got a lot from teachers or or how do you feel like you were able to be the most I want to add on to that because I was okay. thinking the same question, mm-hmm. like in the same way, like what would you say to people that, here are saying, well, I'm a teacher. I can go and help. Like what cautions would you give them? How, how can they help and be impactful Mm -hmm. in another culture? Good luck with that three part question. (laughs) So, um, I was there for three full weeks and I did not give any advice until I'd sat in a classroom for at least a week to see like what areas um, would help the teacher most um, in making the most of their lesson time. Because whenever I was there, they were just starting to add on more time to their school day um, after COVID. And so um, they weren't having a complete school day, but they were still expected to teach what needed to be taught so that kids could move on to the next grade. And so um, just making the most of their time for each lesson was a big thing for a lot of the teachers. Um, And so if I saw things that I felt like either could be like maybe saved for whenever you really need it or um, things that I felt like were taking up time, whether it was um, behavior issues or you know, just kind of dead space. Um, That was kind of the first thing I would let them know, like, hey, I noticed this, we could maybe do something about that. But, um, but ultimately, remembering that's their classroom. And whenever I leave in a week or two, that's still their classroom, they're still going to have to be able to manage it. And so just keeping in mind that that's not my class. um, And I don't have all the answers, like, just because I have Western education, air quotes. She also used air quotes again. (laughs) Air quotes. (laughs) A Western education. And just because I've had opportunities for professional development and I've been in my own classroom does not mean that I can go in there and and tell them how to run things. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's their own classroom and they do have their own styles and they do have their own 
curriculums they have to follow and things like that. And so um, any advice that I would give was only to make the lives of the teachers easier and to ensure that the students are getting as much out of their learning time as they possibly can. And so if if I were another teacher from America thinking, hey, I could go over and help, I would suggest like just gather resources that are not web-based and that could translate well. So like they're learning English. So any like phonics and English type um, lessons or tricks that you have that you've learned through the years of experience that you have are really helpful. And then like if you have any ideas of um, different types of classroom management, because I know something that makes the Pearl House Academy different from most schools in Ghana is that they do not allow any type of corporal punishment. So like you can't slap a kid's hand whenever they're doing something inappropriate or things like that. And that's how a lot of the teachers learn how to manage kids in university. And so asking the teachers to not do that, a lot of them are kind of at a loss of like, well, what do I do when a child misbehaves then? And so just giving some ideas of like classroom management and ways to keep kids doing things whenever they, whenever, like if if kids finish their work early, what are some things that you can have them continue to do? Or if some kids are lagging behind, what are some things that you can do to help them get caught up? So really, that's kind of my best advice, I guess. That was great. Good advice. Thanks. You should start a teacher podcast. In all my spare time. Yeah. I think she just did. This was episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Tricked you. Um. I thought I had it all. I was like, I could be a teacher. And then you said the whole last part. I was like, oh, man, what do you do? Well, and I really enjoyed my time at the Pearl House Academy. It was fun seeing the kids and the kids were having lots of fun. Like one of the teachers one day I was in there observing and she loved to call me out while I was in there observing where she'd be like, hey, tell us about this or tell us about this thing. And so like at one point she was asking me to explain how airplanes worked, which is awesome because I am so knowledgeable in that. Um, into aerodynamics (laughs) but that's what they were talking about was aerodynamics and lift works and so like on the spot she was like okay tomorrow everybody bring like a scarf or a sash or a piece of fabric and we're going to practice and like the next day they all brought them and ran around with their little scarves behind them and (laughs) saw how they lifted in the air and so it kind of helped them understand a little bit about aerodynamics and so it was fun and the students are just super cute oh my gosh they're so adorable so adorable they are get lots of hugs i think we could all agree on that (laughs) absolutely something that i think is important for educators to know and just everybody in general that um education really does play a really important role in everyone's life but here it's a given like we have to go to school from preschool kindergarten through 12th grade at least so every single person starts with that basic foundation of skills and learning and so in Ghana and in a lot of places around the world school is not a given and it a lot of times has to be a gift. Um, It costs a lot of money that the government doesn't provide. It 
a lot of times costs families a lot to be able to send their kids to school, whether monetarily or just not having someone there to take care of younger kids, not having someone there to work um, so that they can provide for their family's basic needs. And so um, just keeping in mind that education here is a given but there it really is a gift and so can we trademark that education is not a given it's a gift educated girl change a nation can we put it on a t-shirt oh wait i'm in charge of that yes we will put it on a t-shirt <laughs> okay, good. okay. look for those in the store in the pearl house for, store at, soon. at teacher tip podcast <laughs> at teacher yes. tip we'll you put in can quotation find her marks on Twitter yes. at, at teacher tip. not yet but you're going to change your yeah, handle yeah. to that mm-hmm. now yeah Yes. Well, (laughs) I want to thank you so much, Tiff, for coming and sharing your story and the impact that the Pearl House has made in your life. And I know you wouldn't say this, but the impact that you've made at the Pearl House. Um, And we just really appreciate that. So thank you. And if you have your own story that you want to share, um, feel free to send that to info at the pearlhouse.org. And um, we will share your story on our podcast. And until then, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Pearl House podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can make a difference, visit thepearlhouse.org.